Craft Beer Radio episode 509 for real this time on June 30th, 2023. There we go. We made it. Made it to the boogie shoes. Made it to the boogie shoes part. Yeah. Hi, I'm Greg. I'm Shannon. I'm Jeff. And welcome back to Craft Beer Radio, where... We drink beers and talk about other stuff. Exactly. So and since we have Canadian wildfire smoke flooding us out, inundating us <laughs> yeah. this It's been week. quite a hazy couple of days. Oh, we should have done hazy shade of yeah, hazy shade of summer? I don't know. I don't know. So this is a Gratsky that Greg brought from Hop Farm. Hop Farm. Yeah. Smoked wheat beer. German. Yeah, I there are two that I picked up from Hot Farm that I I haven't tried at all yet, and but they looked interesting, new stuff. So I was like, anytime I can try something new, I'm definitely going for it. When everything else on the shelf is hazy or or a or the milkshake smoothie or something like mm-hmm. that. I have to admit, the idea of anything smoky right now is a little uh, <laughs> unappealing. This is called Musa, and it's a Grotsky style. Yeah, so I don't know much about the Grotsky style, uh, other than um, that's what it says it is. It's a sorical beer, beer style made from oak smoke malt wheat with clear, light, golden color, high carbonation, low alcohol content. That's what Wikipedia says. Uh, 4.3% on this one, and yeah. Grodzki is spelled G-R-O-D-Z-I-S-K-I-E. There you go. Well, so. first thing I'd like to point out is it does not smell like it does outside. No. No. I mean, what we get outside is like the combination of smog and so, all that other stuff. I was reading about this. Like, why doesn't the wildfire smoke smell like campfires or anything? And that's because when the smoke... It's volatile when it comes off a campfire, mm-hmm. and there's other things in it. When it gets up into the air and UV hits it, it changes it. And one of the main components we're smelling is benzene, which is oh. not good for humans to breathe in large no. quantities for prolonged periods of time. So, No, I've been fortunate that I've been indoors for most of the time that this has happened. So Yesterday, I was only – I went over to Proto Haven. I was outside for like – five minutes inspecting something on the outside of the building and my throat started to get scratchy. That's how quickly it started feeling it. Well, this is, this has a lot of smoke on it. Um, also not like a campfire more reminds me of like peat smoke. It's not quite there, but that's mm-hmm. more along the lines of where this is. coming. Yeah. From. There's, um, <clears throat> excuse me. There's a moderate kind of like, um, peat smoke's a good call on that. I was thinking a little bit, almost like, um, oh, no, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. <clears throat> I was thinking I wanted to dry, uh, draw like a smoked meat like connection, but it's really not there. After yeah. I thought about it more, it's not there. So it's, that's, it's not what I was going to say. Um, there, there's this big full round to the smoke and, um, to me, it smells like the rub that the, a dry rub that you would get. That's a smoked dry rub hmm. to put on the meat. 
Right, like uh, the the like or, or smoked salt or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that there's kind of a, a woodiness too. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it reminds me a bit of a cedar type smell, even though it's a stretch. It's not there, but it's reminiscent to me of that. Okay, well, that it's definitely oak in the taste. There's no doubt about it. Oh, that, yeah. That's oak. Um, that's a lot of oak. <laughs> uh. So okay, I, I'm, I'm I'm taking a little bit of time because it, it's almost like overpowering at first to me the, the how much smoky flavor is here. Hmm, it's a lot. So they normally use like beech wood or something for smoking German malts. I'm trying to look it up here. Shannon, yeah, but well, the first sip, I expected it to be smokier than it was and then i was surprised that you said that but um the second sip was much stronger so Hmm. i don't know if i didn't take that totally back vireman makes a oak smoke wheat malt so (laughs) okay there's some information on untapped they say that this was brewed in Co-op, in cooperation with This Reek and Rock Beer, the world's most important, longest running, and most awarded show dedicated to smoked beer. <laughs> I like that they're mo- got most important right in the beginning there. <laughs> this Week in Rock Beer. Right. Man, the, the most important, our... longest running, and most awarded show dedicated to smoked beer. That's probably the only show <laughs> dedicated to smoked beer. So, assuming that's the case, I like all of that. Weekly. Yeah. Weekly. This Week in. <laughs> This weekend, right? <laughs> yeah, which I assume is a. I assume that's a joke too. Probably it's 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 great. I, I think we missed our calling. We should. Have, why do we focus on craft beer? We should have focused on a specific. We should have laser focus on a specific style, or a specific group of of, of styles that uh, that no one really <laughs> makes anymore. So. I, I I feel like there's been a campfire in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, this might be good if I had a bunch of sausages in my hand, right? Yeah. And I was like chowing down and at, at a at a beer fest and had some sausages and and some uh sauerkraut and I think that pairs well with yeah. this kind of thing. I'm thinking of the those little mini sausages in the crock oh, pot. Yeah. The- Grab, grab some Vienna sausages from... Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> but, you know, the crock pot sausages mm-hmm. that they make with the yeah. grape jelly. I've never made them. I don't know what they mix with them. But anyway, I think I, they would taste good. Yeah, th- th- this would be good with food. I'm, I'm glad to see something like this being made. I don't know. The only the only thing is, though, like I don't know how... Um, I'm not super enthused by it though. No. <laughs> like I love this beer. But like, if you if you make one, you can get on this weekend rock beer. You you can. I'm curious to see like the other problem about this is is it has to be fresh, right? I mean, if this wasn't fresh, this would taste even worse. It would taste even more acrid and and something mm-hmm. like that. So you can't like get some of this and store it. So you this is I'm sure this is not a year long year round offering. <laughs> Moreover, uh like it's one of those things, you know, I'm glad to see it. Mm-hmm. That they not only they make it, but they also bottled it and canned it and 
recant it and, and put it out there. So that's a, that's nice to see, but do I like it much? Not really. I do like the label, though. I'm still drinking it, though. I like the beer. I mean, it's not one you're going to drink, oh, I don't know, five of. But, mm-hmm. I mean, for a beer. And also, there's certain beers that are to- totally enjoyable when you're not laser-focused on evaluating them. That's true. Right? That's true. So, like, this is one where if you think about it less, you might like it more. Yeah. At 4.3, it's it's not going to get you, you know, mm-hmm. it, it it's worth your sobriety. So, you're not missing out on, you know. If you get this mm-hmm. to try it, I have three more of these. I don't know what I'm going to do with them. <laughs> bacon. Anything with bacon. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Right. Anything smoked. Mm-hmm. Um, Save them for what? Make your brisket. And- oh, yeah. <laughs> well, brisket's expensive. You know, it's <laughs> just like 70 bucks to get a brisket. Okay. What's next? What oh, is- I got to drink up. <laughs> we can wait. We can wait for there's, you. Uh, there's other stuff to talk about, right? Yeah. I assume. Um, oh, we should plug the Discord invite. Um, Is that, can I you, should make you just sh- go to the website and, and if you go to craftbeerradio.com, by the time you hear this, yeah. there'll be a uh, link. Yeah, craftbeerradio.com. There'll be a link for joining the Discord. Um, my goal is to like not do email anymore. And to like do all the communication as a group, a community on Discord. So if you want to communicate with us, and we got some a few other great people on there, want to grow it. Um, longtime listeners of the show are already members, and uh, like to see more people on our Discord. We had a whole big conversation uh, with, with Greg about um, uh, the, <laughs> the Star Trek criticisms that I had last <laughs> time, which uh, uh, yeah, I feel good about getting that out. More to come, sort of on that thing in in, in the po- in next post show because I do. There's things that I forgot to mention, like not uh, tangentially related. So right. if, if those those of you who were bored to tears, <laughs> don't listen. What's I'll up? Rinse my glass. Ooh, three Floyds zombie yeah, dust. This just, is yeah, it's the, one I picked up. Right, one of the ones you brought, I think, for the uh, the reboot show, mm-hmm. the Maverick. Really, was that it? Was that long ago? Or that, maybe uh, not. It, maybe I, it I thought recent. I bought it for for the show where we're like trying stuff that we've seen. But maybe it was. Yeah, I yeah. still need it. Is this better? Probably right. All right, Free Floyd Zombie Dust. This was one of those kind of whaleish, right? Yeah, it was. Uh, Three Floyds at least was. Three I don't Floyd, know if Zombie Dust Floyds, was. Well, Zombie Dust was too. But like Three Floyds was always Dark Lord, their Imperial Stout was. Yeah, Dark, Dark Lord was fantastic. Zombie Dust was pretty sought after in the IPA realm when it first came out. Mm-hmm. And now it's everywhere. So whale to shelf turd. They called it Undead Pale Ale, 6.5% alcohol by volume, 62 I B U. That's weird, because I it, the I didn't rinse my glass super well. Oh, oh, and I and it, I'm getting something that smells kind of like oysters. <laughs> so that could just be a mix. It, that that couldn't be the they might not be the beer is off. Yes, yeah, so they call this uh, pale ale, and for me the aroma is oh, it's there huge it, on. It's, it's much smaller than that. This is 
it happens to be magnified. But yeah, it's huge on the malt flavor, kind of uh, bready, biscuity, English kind yeah. of malt. I bet you Maris Otter plays a big role in the malt bill in this one, and then that kind of rolls into a more subtle kind of citrus hopping on the. I'm not getting oysters. Oh. I guess yeah, it's a weird like minerally sea note. Yeah. Um, to me, it's like a dirty, a damp. <laughs> we, we've talked about urinal smells before so that, that, <laughs> don't worry about you know uh pejorative in terms of smells they're all open mm-hmm. i think it's, it's a mineraliness that that reminds me of the beach like not the cleanest beach okay uh, for me it's smell <clears throat> for me i'm happy with this it's it's a multi-pale ale the hops are kind of the the sweet old school, you know, like gen oh, two really kind of yeah. flavoring. And it has a nice balance to it. Yeah. Like I said, I think the aroma was affected just by mm-hmm. the the lack of full rinsing of the glass. Yes. And, and I need to make sure that I'm clear when I say that it smells like a dirty, damp rag. I think yours. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Glass. It, it was, it was I the. I think this one does. I, yeah, I agree. Uh, it, it's, it's a lot milder like i think the the notes are there but it's just in my glass with that stuff it got turned up to 11 Hmm. not yeah like this is not overdoing it which i like Mm -hmm. you know i appreciate that about an old ipa like this there was a habit of, of overdoing it especially for like the the whales yeah but there was also a time in the evolution of craft beer where this was like on the bleeding edge of right of hop, you know, the hop arms race, mm-hmm. which is so funny tasting it today. It, it's and, so much more malt forward than than uh, you know an, uh, an IPA today. So much more, mm-hmm. yeah. Like it, Maris Otter is a good call because I think there's definitely that more almost caramelly note. In, like it's not just a pilsner or or, mm-hmm. or a, a pale malt here. Yeah, the um, along with the caramel though, it has kind of a bready fullness to it. It's softer and rounder than if they use something like crystal malt. Mm. Yeasty, bready. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kind of reminds me of the um, distilleries when we were. Oh, when they were doing the mash. When they were doing the mash, yeah. They did the whiskey mash. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You want to talk about it? (laughs) The submarine. Oh, yeah. No, okay. (laughs) Sure. Um, Let's talk about it. So it goes without saying that it's a tragedy. People died. That's that's horrible. Um, It also goes, I think it should go without saying that there was... You know, seven hundred fifty people who died in, like in in the Mediterranean, and no one paid any attention to it. Mm-hmm. But this this you know five mm-hmm. uh, five people thing got a huge rescue operation for. So there's a little there's a weird thing going on there. But let's skip past all that. Just we acknowledge it. We'll move on to the actual thing. Yeah, well, th- that sub thing it captured everybody's attention for. And I was not immune. Yeah. I, I was absolutely glued mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. It, it's 
So I want to, yeah, there's a bunch of different aspects I want to talk about, but let's talk about the the kind of tragedy it was, why there was the rescues, right? It was straight up baby in a well or Apollo 13. You know, it was this far flung out of reach thing. Right. And for some reason, the human psyche, you know, grapples, grabs onto that and really follows it, you know? Well, I think there's a part of it that's like, what if I was in that situation? That there's a part of, of transporting yourself there and being like, I I hope that, you know, it, what would that be like? And that takes a hold of the imagination pretty quickly because it is a, a scary prospect, but it's also one that's very outside of the norm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yet still is actually happening. Uh, at least it turns out it wasn't happening, but <laughs> at least potentially actually happening. To me, what, what, you know, it definitely got my attention and kept it the whole time. But as the more information I got from it, the less I started to be sympathetic towards mm-hmm. uh, the people who were on the sub. Obviously, there was like a 19 year old on the sub, like that's uh, his fault. But, and, and it's on some degree, you know, the passengers on, on the sub, some degree they should have thought better, but also, I don't blame them as much as I blame the guy. Right. Uh, the Stockton Rush, to me, his, like, I would have no problem with it at all if he was just doing this on his own. I wouldn't even have a problem with the rescue operation. Because, you know, the, the, it's the whole point it should be is, is you're out in the water, you rescue somebody if there's a problem. You, you do what you can. Um, the problem I had is him selling tickets. Mm-hmm. To this ridiculously poorly made and poorly designed and machine that he didn't tell anybody about how much, like, I'm sure they sure they had big disclosure stuff, but I'm sure it wasn't listed on there. We refused uh, to get certification for this. Uh, we got a, a letter from a bunch of people from, who, who do submersibles saying that this was not a good idea. I'm sure that wasn't mm-hmm. on there. Yeah. No, but he, he, was pretty arrogant about it and did both you know he 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 made multiple comments in the past oh, yeah. about you know how he was going against the recommendations and how people need to take risks and you know like it, yeah like sheer force of will can defeat the laws of physics and yeah <laughs> and he was just it's not how the it arrogance works. is what got me and made me, you know, lose. I, I was, I was no longer sympathetic. I, I think part of that, when Greg mentioned the hubris of billionaires and it got me thinking and, you know, you see this kind of thing in Elon Musk. You see, like mm-hmm. in business, there's seldom like fatal decisions, right? You know, so like you can make bold decisions, damn the rules, you know, you might get a fine that's just a right. pittance, you know, uh, I mean, it can be fatal things if you're doing stuff that cars, you know, whatever. But in general, just making your day-to-day business decisions, mm-hmm. not fatal, right? But now you're going, you're doing something in the most extreme environment, you know, and making like going on the feeling that my gut has served me well in the past yeah. is where it falls apart i think i also think that there is something to be said about this idea that has now permeated the culture that if you 
have made a lot of money somehow, that means you're definitely smarter than other people. That, that means that you're intelligent in a way that other people aren't and, and that people should defer to you on things. There's nothing about making a lot of money that is any indicator of your intelligence. Plenty of idiots have stumbled into being billionaires. Plenty of people are also can be very smart at one thing. That doesn't mean that their intelligence doesn't transfer to a bunch of stuff. I'm pretty smart about physics. I don't know anything. I don't know dick about material science. If, if someone asked me, would a carbon fiber sub be okay? Before I read any of this stuff, I would have thought, I don't know, maybe. Because carbon fiber, like, that sounds cool. Right? They say it's stronger than yeah, steel, right? right? Yeah. So. Maybe. And, you know, now after I'm reading all the stuff, like it, it seems fairly obvious that from people who know better than I do that carbon fiber has great tensile strength, but not a lot of, not as nearly as good compressive strength. So it's probably not the best material. And it can, what people are saying is, is it can fail catastrophically uh, with, without much notice. Mm-hmm. So that seems to me like when I hear that, that seems like this is a poor material to make. Well, then the other part uh, I heard, on, I was watching a YouTube kind of a guy in the submersible industry in the oil and gas industry kind of dissect it. And I guess Dr. Rush like prided himself about having a bunch of young, smart, you know, and not having a bunch of 50 year old white guys on staff. Right. Yeah. I heard that that was, <laughs> that got the whole anti-woke brigade going because, Oh, he said he doesn't want any 50 year old white guys. And, the point wasn't the white part. It was the 50-year-old part. Yeah. Because, frankly, you're not going to find many 50-year-old like uh, black or Hispanic guys who have a lot of experience doing submarine design, submersible design. It's just not likely. Not yet. There aren't that many people who are, in the, and the people who had been in that position were probably going to be white people. <laughs> so, right. it's, But if you look at his staff, I think it's almost all white people. So it's not that he had a thing against <laughs> against hiring white people, mm-hmm. you know. I well, my good point, that he doesn't because it didn't involve my, much of. My point wasn't even about it was about the age and the experience know, like, was just, my main point. Yeah, but I'm like, like, I'm glad that he didn't that just didn't turn to oh, this was a minority crew, that's why this happened. So oh, like, <laughs> I got you. Yeah, no, no, that. that's not what I was going for. Yeah. I was going with like, well, when you hire a bunch of new college grads, you know. You know, maybe it would be nice to have someone with 30 years of uh, submersible experience. Yeah. Saying like, hey, um, guys. Yeah. There, and, and apparently there were some people like that, mm-hmm. but they got yeah. cut, you know, because this guy was trying to make the world submit to his will. And he had the money to do that for this for around him. That's the whole reality distortion field mm-hmm. effect that money yeah. can do. But. Again, if, if he would have just made his own sub, then, okay, you know, the, the, look, some people want to climb Mount Everest, right? I mean, some people want to do dangerous things. And if you do dangerous things and you, you want to be experimental about it and you're putting yourself in there and that's it, okay, I get it. You That's what your money is for to some extent, right? Go for it. Selling tickets. Right. Inviting people to come. Making a big deal out of it. And apparently, so there, there is another angle of this, which is that 
they wanted to get into business, or at least this is what I read. So I don't know how how far this goes, but one of their things they wanted to get into business of was designing submarines for oil companies. So this was really in in this angle. This was just his way of doing the design part, getting that done iteratively and quickly so that he could start selling submarines to making the real money, selling it to like Exxon and, and uh, BP and stuff like that. Ah. So it even kind of puts him in a worse light Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's like all of this, the fantasy of going to Titanic might be just a smokescreen about this is a way to, to pay off development costs when it's like, you're a billionaire. Just spend the money if that's what you want to do. James Cameron, right? Mm-hmm. Spent that kind of money. Made his subject go into the, the deepest part, the Challenger Deep, the deepest part of the Mariana Trench. Spent three years on, on the on the computer level designing mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Did not take any of this stuff for granted. Didn't say I, I know better than the submarine designers because because I made a movie. About a Terminator. Yep. All right. So this beer is a beer that uh, it's called Attaboy is the brewery, and this beer is called Farm Boy. Ooh, is it a farm? They're in Frederick, Maryland. We picked this up on the way home from the beach. Probably last year. Had to have been. Does smell like a farmhouse. It was Mm -hmm. bottled on six twenty four twenty one. Yeah. It's a bottle one twenty six of one eighty. But they have a bunch of sour stuff going on there, and uh, it was a really it was the brew with the the front room oh, yeah. and the back room. Remember that? Mm-hmm. This beer has been aging for sixteen months in red wine barrels with a blend of delicious bugs. <laughs> they they mean they're yeast. <laughs> their culture, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so the beer is uh, hazy golden. Mm. It has a lot of character on it, mm-hmm. and the aroma is uh you know long sour aroma right so there's this tangy thing to it uh it's a little bit straw and leather and um dusty there's a dirtiness to it there's that that coiled rope thing yep musty wood yeah like a a damp cellar a little bit Mm -hmm. there's you know funky things in here Peppery. Hmm. Ooh. Okay. Definitely has some interesting bugs in it. Like, there's a lot going on here. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, wh- where to start? It's tangy. It's very dry. There's um, kind of a green grape skin thing. There's. Um, There's a little bit of like copperiness. Um, there's oak again, not smoked oak, but just sort of charred oak. There's yeah, there's pretty heavy minerality and tannic mm-hmm. notes in red wine barrel, so that doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, so yeah, it, it starts out tangy, it goes kind of minerally and and vaguely metallic. It ends uh, dusty and with a sort of sour echo. 
That's delicious. I don't know if I'd call it that. No? I, I think it's very interesting. I don't think it's... Not every aspect of that flavor is delicious to me. Okay. About 74% of it is delicious. <clears throat> and the other part, not convinced on. <laughs> okay. I just like the complexity. I love, I, I absolutely adore the complexity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not saying that in any way to, to make shade on this beer. I think it's as a piece of, as, as a beer, I think it's fantastic. I'm just, there are beers that I've had that have been really complex like this, but I've liked every bit of the flavor. Yeah. And yeah. here there's some things that are, that, that are set it, that are pulling it off. Not necessarily in a bad way, but just in a way that's very unique uh-huh. that I'm not necessarily used to. So I'm trying to digest all of that while I'm having this. But it it doesn't make me think this is like I don't feel like this is the most delicious. Farmhouse oh, it's had. not the most delicious. I still consider it. I think I'd still go with delicious, um, though. Just the way it, the beginning of the taste where it, it has that in the kind of apricot and the tanginess and the minerality. That's a really good point. And yeah, things I was like trying that. To... Uh, you know, that part just really grabs me and it has me for the rest of the flavor, you know, through the finish. Uh, super excited when I found this one in the fridge, there was another one sitting right beside it. So we have another bottle oh, of this. So, lucky you. Uh, I think it's from the same bottling, but. Yeah, I was trying to pick out the fruit. And I'm glad you said apricot because that that is very good call. Yeah, yeah. What it is that I'm picking up on. It's it's not it's not exactly fresh apricot. It's not exactly dried apricot. It's like somewhere in between for me. Like where it's there's some bits of some kind of melon. Mm-hmm. There's some sort of melon like aspects uh, on the outer here. I think there might it might be like water, not watermelon, but like um. What's the green one? Why can't I think of it? Cantaloupe. Like, no, that's no. Honeydew. Honeydew. Thank you. Hmm. Which I would say, not one of my favorite melons. Too sweet. At least when I, the last time I've had it. But it has a pretty unique flavor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a brightness to it. Hmm. I want to know. Have you so ever seen the rain? Aged in a, a red wine barrel. Yes. Yeah. And I would love to know what type of so, uh, red wine. With with a beer like this, in- it probably wasn't wine wasn't the beverage previously in it, most likely. They probably had a wine barrel that they got inoculated with the bugs they want, and it's probably brewed a few different beers. So like the grape juice is probably a couple generations away. You know, I mean, the beer doesn't look like there was like much color picked up from the no. barrel. So I'm guessing the barrel was used several times getting inoculated. And, and now it's a, now it's a sour barrel that used to be a red wine barrel. Now, I'm not saying the red wine doesn't impart any of the flavor characteristics what we're tasting. Mm-hmm. I'm just pointing out that it's not the red wine juice that's affecting the right. beer. I can I can see that this is probably like a a couple of beers in, especially with the color, the color. because you you would expect 
some of that. If it was the first one, one, it would would have a ruby color or something to it. But I mean, like those are typically, you know, oak barrels that are charred similar to um, whiskey barrels, but then used differently for, for the way in which the, the wine is treated. But which again, not super up to date on, or, or really never was that into why I know much more about beer production than wine production. But I imagine there's a lot of similar things. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I know just an infant amount. Mm-hmm. It. All right. So interesting beers to start with. Let's go to the other hop farm. I think. Yeah. So I haven't, I may have seen this style before. I don't remember. Golden Stout? Mm-hmm. I've, I've known of a few that make it. The idea is that they don't use chocolate malt and roast barley, but they try to bring the body and the flavors of stouts into it. So it's kind of an optical illusion or something like that. Hmm. So this is actually, may, maybe you might want to hold off on this. This is a golden s'mores style. Is that what this is? Purifying flame? Yeah, but I've right. already. <laughs> it's open. I knew it was a s'more stout and I still still picked it. Okay, so golden s'mores stout. Well, they have a beer called Dumb Little Boxes inspired by the boxy watermelons you see in Japan in the summertime. <laughs> All right, so this beer pours pretty clear, just a light haze to it. It's a golden, like a deep golden, not like a pale straw or anything, mm-hmm. but like a rich golden hue. Light head that went away quickly. Oh, the aroma is chocolate. Mm. Kind of like... Cocoa. Yeah, it's cocoa or like chocolate syrup kind of aroma. Oh, yeah. Brewed with uh, blonde roast oat, maris otter, and honey malts. Conditioned on toasted marshmallow, milk, chocolate, and graham cracker. <laughs> 7.5%. It's definitely a golden color, although it's got some haze to it. It's not crystal clear. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of an oily note from the chocolate, I think. Well, it is blonde roast oat. So that means there's going to be some, the the oat character is going to give at least some like mucilage mm-hmm. to it. Under the flavor, the chocolate rules, the the barley malt mm. comes in next. The The chocolate and the, the, the marshmallows, and I think the fermented, out sugars from that gives it this like kind of chalky dryness at the end kind Mm -hmm. of rakes across your tongue and dries out real quick this is reminding me of an oversweet tootsie roll Uh, I do think it's oversweet I think that mm. hops taste out of tune with the two the hops are, are over bitter and they're not hitting they're not attacking the right part of the sweetness yeah, and it kind of twangs on you. It's yeah. Um, I don't think this is very well constructed. Hmm. 
<laughs> got nothing to say? I, I really it? like it. Really? That's fine. <laughs> You're allowed. What do you like about it? Well, the chocolate. Okay. Um, the sweetness. I taste a lot of vanilla in it. And I guess it's the graham cracker that I'm... I'm looking for purifying flame online, and mostly I get Fine. a World of Warcraft spell. <laughs> <laughs> the more I drink it, the more chemically it's coming across. That chocolate, oily, whatever it is, is coming across more. It, it to like, me, flavoring. it's that sweetness that just feels like when I was in when I was at Hershey Park and I went on the little ride, and and, and they spray like the chocolate smell. Oh yeah. Uh huh. It's like that, and that's and that is as artificial as they come, and it feels a lot like that. Yeah, the more I'm drinking it, that less I like it. Yeah, the first couple sips were passable, and then now that I'm like halfway into my sample, which was only four ounces, it's I'm gonna dump this. This is not worth my sobriety. This is seven point five percent. I'm kind of squeezed in here. If you can dump mine as well. Well, Greg is doing that. I want to talk real quickly about, let's see what I have on the list here. Uh, did I mention sign up for our Discord? Uh, yeah, I did. Okay. So, um, oh, I saw this ad for Freedom Mobile. Freedom Mobile is the America's only conservative mobile network provider. What Greg, if you can't pick up on Greg, he says, what does that mean? And I was hoping when I looked into it, that it was just some company trying to like scam like America people, like to conservative American people like, oh, yeah, I don't have that liberal, liberal cell phone company. And it's it's actually way, way worse. It's a it's a pack. And they go as oh. far, they go as far as to like in Texas, they've taken over several school boards and things like that. So the phone company. Yeah. Huh. Well, first of all, the first thing that comes to mind is name me a phone company that isn't a conservative, a liberal phone company, like those mega corporations, right? right? <laughs> yeah. Verizon, real, real liberal uh, bastion there. <laughs> Like, just because they put out a flag for, you know, they, they put on their website a little flag for Pride Day does not mean that they're a liberal organization. Nope. All right. Let's... If anything, that probably shows they probably aren't. Because <laughs> they're just doing it to placate people. All right. He's unwrapping. You're here from Burial. Oh, I thought that was... You like thought a, it was um well I think that's what it's supposed to be Lindemann's like. Yeah. Uh not Lindemans, it's um Leafman's. Leafman's. Yeah. You got what it was. Yeah. Uh this is Burial's uh Fall of the Damned. Fall of the Damned. See, that is not as poetic. Bourbon barrel aged red sour ale with blackberries and Marion berries. So Greg was explaining that, that that burial is based on metal. Yeah. Which I didn't know. That's cool. I, I love the 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 Lovecraftian notes to a lot of those uh, stuff. But what, what was it called again? Burial Fall of the Damned? Fall of the Damned. Fall of so the Damned. So it came wrapped in the red paper like a Leafman's, a front Lambic does. 
and it pours like a lambic, a red, reddish, raspberry frambose kind of beer. This one doesn't have raspberries. It has blackberries. Blackberries and, and marionberries. Love and, blackberries. And Marionberry was the uh, mayor of D.C. <laughs> it did not do cocaine. <laughs> crack. crack. It was crack. That's it. Which is a type of cocaine, but you know. Just want to clear the record. All right. That so. beep set me up, as I remember, was the, <laughs> the famous line. <laughs> how, how did we get here? Marion um, Barry, that's yeah, how. 8.5%. The beer has a red hue to it, ruby-ish, uh, interesting fog to it. It's fairly cloudy. The head is kind of a light lace. So it says it started as a red tower fermented in steel, inoculated with the culture, laid to rest in bourbon barrels, then racked back to the barrel house aging tanks with 2.5% uh, or getting Marion berries and Kotala blackberries for a few months and then bottle conditioned. That's a, it's a process. It it's smells a of- real jammy to me. Yeah, a lot of yeah, a lot of sweetness. The a lot of, jam is a great yep. call because there's definitely that the sense from the smell of thickness as much mm-hmm. as you can sense that. Oh, the smell is delicious! I could just sniff this one for yeah. a very long it time. That's like a, sweet. It's not any kind of distinct jam. It's somewhere in that raspberry. It's in that um, briarberry kind of. Family, I guess. I think it's the syrupiness that that comes across in in, in the smell. That's that's why it smells jammy. I think I might be getting a little bit of like sour milk or something, like a lactic kind of aroma on it too. Well, there's lactic stuff in there for sure by tasting it. Definitely. There's – it feels primarily lactic even though I'm sure there's other stuff in there too. But like I don't taste Brett. Like in the last one, I was tasting Brett for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brett Maniases for those who aren't aware. This, which gives it some of that dustiness, some of that um, like uh, uh, ropey mm-hmm. howling on, on the desert type. I think it's a little bit of a journey. Not- My second sip was way past that kind of upfront sour, and I got a little more of that barn kind of flavors. Okay. So I, I think okay. it's going to open up here on this. Okay, yeah. So. Hmm. Yeah, that second thing, I got something that's that's more more mm-hmm. bready for sure. Bretty, I should point out, not bready. It's it's kind of although it would go good like with some bread and peanut butter. <laughs> it's a little sour for that, but it would still go pretty good. I think it'd be a great breakfast beer. Breakfast beer. Mm. Mm-hmm. The only problem with this as a breakfast beer is 8.5% alcohol. Well, okay. That so, would be not, that, that's not, it. Not that's on it. That, that's but the only problem. Had, okay, <laughs> week, weekend day breakfast beer, okay? <laughs> or breakfast for dinner. No, that's a great time to have breakfast. Look, breakfast mm-hmm. is is a good meal any anytime you can get it. So, Yeah. I would some complain. liege waffles down with this. The exactly. sweetness of those liege waffles. With oh, yeah. Waffles. Oh, goodness. Oh, this would just go good with just eggs and toast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fattiness of the eggs would kind mm-hmm. of go well. Would with. cut through. Yeah. 
There, but there is complexity here too that we shouldn't be, you know, missing because beyond, excuse me, beyond just the sourness, mm. there's there's more there. It doesn't quite have the extraordinary depth that the farm boy did. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't think it's it, it's going for that anyway. No. Um, I, I think that it's so much to me, it's a lot more, this is much more delicious than the farm boy was, where the farm boy was considerably more tart, expressive and, and, mm-hmm. uh, um, complex, complex. Yeah. Yeah. This one's easier. And if you much that, okay. For now, let's imagine this one versus the highly fruited, Belgian lambics like mm-hmm. Lindemans or Leafmans or something like that. Well, those are like the Lindemans is is, is special because it it's sweet. Like mm-hmm. most of the the highly fruited ones are pretty sour. Even Lindemans like peat, their passion mm-hmm. other stuff are sour. It's only really the their frambos that is particularly yeah, sweet. That's a good point. But this one is has big fruit, right? With with the present sour. So I think this is a good one to kind of think in that family of beers. And I think if you use that perspective on it, we're going to start talking about how this is more expressive than those, that family of beers. Yeah. I, the, the only issue with that is I'm tr- like a Lambic. This doesn't taste to me like a Lambic. This is more, a different kind of souring to me. I mean, it, it, it feels like a more, uh, you know, like a, like a standard thing that, that, a, that a, a, a good souring beer would have in, in, in their production, but it doesn't, it, I, I trying to pin down exactly what it is that that's, that's off that, that makes it feel off Lambic to me. I'm not quite sure what it is, but there's something about this that it feels a little bit, I just feel like it's 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 a little less. It's got a little less going on. Uh, maybe maybe that's that that's all I'm getting out of it. Is it it's just, may, and maybe tasting it in right after the farm mm-hmm. boy, yeah, makes you think. Well, I mean, the, it, it's it's much more delicious, but it it loses as I said a lot of the complexity. Sure, sure. I mean, I don't disagree. It's still, I, it's still got compl- complexities to it. It's still more than one dimensional. Do you think it's the lactose that just kind of? I do think that there's a fair amount of lactose in that, and, and and I do think that their primary oh. thing is lactose. That, that's a that's a good call. It might be that. Real, real real quick. Lactose, like. lactic acid from lactobacillus is different than lactose. Right. Yes. Right? That's so this true. has the lactic kind of sour. But you, you're right like about. I think you're right about the lactic. Like, yeah. uh, like a lot of the quick sours that, mm-hmm. that breweries around here have. So they're two different things. Okay. Lactose gives you body and kind of subtle sweetness in like milkshake smoothie stouts and st- mm-hmm. or smoothie IPAs and stuff like that. And then things that are like press project, the sours from hitchhiker, they do a lactic fermentation in the kettle where on, on the barley is uh, a fair amount of lactobacillus. So they, instead of killing it, they allow it to stew for a while and do some, um, metabolization of stuff on the barley and it puts out that tangy note. Right. So just 
just letting you know mm-hmm. there's they're two they're similar words but really two different things mm-hmm. but the general idea which is it's the lactic acid that's maybe putting it i think that's a really good call on your part because i think that's true i think that it, it's the more lactic sour here that that is pulling me mm-hmm. from thinking of it like like a true lambic could be yeah i th- i think that's that's fair i think it does have a bigger it is more reminiscent of a lot of quick sours it's so much more than a lot mm-hmm. of quick sours but it does have a reminiscence because of the lactic net up front so yeah not a bad beer by any means and and in fact like i said a delicious beer i'd recommend it but i just don't want to get people off on the right if people are really like do using a, a microscope like like we are Mm-hmm. These things, these are at least what, what and I'm victim following. to flight too. That used to be something we had happen to us a lot, right? When you you're following on the heels, it's hard to say it's a victim. This thing is going to be ranked pretty high and probably yeah. above the farm boy for me. Oh, in terms oh of, yeah. So like I'm, but I'm just saying, curb your expectations a bit. <laughs> for the record, if any listeners have a chance to go to burial. If you're in Asheville, they have several locations. You, they have a place in Charlotte. Oh. They have, they're in a couple, in, they're in North Carolina. So, okay. You'll well, be able to find their tap rooms around. You should definitely go. So, I did well, want to talk it. a little bit about Fermi and how he's doing. And Fermi is. Fermi used to be known as Quasi. He's, uh, he is my, um, now my. <laughs> uh, he's a, he's a, Spotted Python. He's he was very like probably one of the most chill snakes I've ever encountered, and I haven't encountered many snakes, but he was a very chill snake. Uh, and then when I got him, he got a little bitey, a little bit. Getting bit by a snake is not a big deal. In in fact, one of the things that kind of shocked me, like first of all, his his head is smaller than my thumb. He's not going to be able to do any damage to me it barely hurts i would say i've had cat bites considerably worse until he figures out how to make venom then you're gonna be fucked well he's got he's got a long way to go on that because (laughs) pythons generally don't have venom it's not (laughs) they do i mean all all snakes do have a little bit in their saliva that is slightly anticoagulanty so even when so you bites his, you can get little tiny little drops of blood occasionally, but it's nothing to worry about. Um, it feels like a minor pinch if he's if he's on you. And the other thing about it is, as soon as he lets go in two seconds, you don't feel it anymore, which mm-hmm. is really nice. <laughs> it's it's not like a paper cut where you feel it all day. <laughs> so, but it's still not great when a when your pet bites you. It's not something that you want. It's stressing out your pet. It's stressing you out. It's, it's not a good thing. It's always food related. He's never, it's not because he's afraid of me. It's just that he always, he, he thinks he's getting fed. So I'm working on training him out of that. Uh, and of course, he was different when he was here with Tori, mm-hmm. who we should say is Shannon's uh, daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she, and, and he's on a different diet, he's in a different location. He had to, to adapt to a bunch of different smells and, you know, different, completely different stuff. So 
he's gonna be a little different. Yeah, but he's I, I'm he's down to the point where he's very handleable again. Good. Uh, and I wasn't sure which way that story was I going. Wasn't either. <laughs> well, I did want to talk about how cool a name Fermi is <laughs> because I think that. You probably, rightfully so, are looking skeptically about why'd you change the name of Quasi Quasi? Was it, you know, you, you know the snake, snake is Quasi. Mm-hmm. So Quasi is named after a roller coaster in Florida, Bush Gardens. Yeah, um, and that 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 Tori said almost killed her. Yeah, <laughs> they that's her claim. Yeah. So Fermi, one of the most brilliant scientists of the 20th century, uh, a guy who is Nobel Prize winning. Uh, he his contribution to quantum mechanics and uh, and understanding fusion is and, and fission is pretty unprecedented. The first uh, the first man made self sustaining nuclear reaction uh, was made by Fermi in the Chicago pile as part of the Manhattan Project. Um, the how, let me put this. Let me let me expose to you how fundamental Fermi is to to science. There are two types of particles in the standard model of particle physics. One is things like photons; those are light. Those are things called bosons. They follow a statistics called Bose-Einstein statistics because Einstein, this guy, Cedric uh, Hare Bones, Bose uh, did the stuff. And then there's another type of particles: electrons protons, neutrons, stuff that we're made of, those are called fermions. Fermi-Dirac statistics. Named, yeah, Fermi. Named after Fermi. Uh, The 100th element. Fermium. You got elementary particles and an element. And an element. Like, him and Einstein, right? Like, Mm -hmm. not many people get that (laughs) yet big. Uh, Fermi Lab in Chicago, named after him. Uh, there's a whole class of problems that are considered Fermi problems. So Fermi was amazing at doing things like estimation. Uh, at the first nuclear explosion, the, the, the Trinity test, he knew how, he knew how far away the bomb was and he knew when the shockwave was going to hit, he dropped some pieces of paper and looked at how they moved and estimated based on that, the strength of the bomb to within an order of magnitude. Like it was, it was something like it was 15 uh, kilotons and he, he estimated 12 from just pieces of paper that he dropped mm-hmm. like that. And he also like a, a great example of the Fermi problem is how many blades of grass are there on a football field. And that's a ridiculous how do you get that answer? But the, what he did is he said, okay, well, if I imagine, okay, a, a football field is, let's use an American football field, it's hundred yards. And I can take a, a small percentage of that. I can look at a centimeter by centimeter space and count how many blades of grass are in there and use that as a base idea for how many blades of grass are going to be. And I'll probably get it within an order of magnitude. So that's for me problems. And if you sample three or four centimeters, you do a lot better. You do a lot better. Uh, the, the best, Thing that Fermi, the, the, the most thing, the thing he's known for the most in public consciousness is the Fermi paradox, which is famous because he had a way of cutting down to brass tacks and 
he apparently, when he was conversing with some of his scientists friends, when they were talking about aliens, because why not? We, we all do. He asked a, a kind of profound, but sim- a simple, profound question. Where are they? Because the idea is we should, based on the numbers, based on what we think those numbers are, we should be seeing them everywhere. Why don't we see them anywhere? That's the Hermes paradox. Where are they? And it's like what SETI and all this stuff are based on trying to find them. Mm-hmm. He, I just want to point out how cool a name Fermi is because I think that he is that it, there's few cooler things few killer people to be named after than Fermi. I just watched a real, I want to talk about this later, maybe post-show, but I just watched a video on heavy element hunting mm-hmm. and there's the, the guy who uh, um, faked data so he could get the claims in early. And then, you know, the island of stability that might be up there. And then I was looking at a whole bunch of stuff I want to talk about super heavies, which is academic only, right? Right, <laughs> yeah. But still interesting. I didn't even mention Fermi's golden rule, which when you're, when you're doing uh, calculations of quantum field theory, you use Fermi's golden rule as a, as a part of your process. Like, there, Fermi is just, there's so much that, that he's done, so so much that is like, He's revered, mm-hmm. rightfully so. Absolutely. So, I so I just want that as to be on the record for saying Fermi is a damn cool name. Better than some dumb roller coaster. I'm not saying it's better. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not trying to say it's better. I'm just trying to say, if anything, it's equally as cool. Well, Greg, look at this. Ooh, okay, so we have a a. Uh, floppy beer <laughs> a very uh a chunky a chunky beer no this is from woven water and this is killing time and this is a key lime coconut cream sour and um the coconut cream has kind of clumped up and solidified I told you last week and I didn't think I could do this. I had to. But look at the foam. The foam is like um, a, a float, like an ice cream float where the bubbles get all big and. Wow. <laughs> oh, uh, I just, I took a smell then. I was like, okay. Um, this is a fruited salad. Sour <laughs> condition on key lime, cream of coconut and almond. There's a lot of coconut, a lot of like. I don't know what, what's 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 a drink with with a lot of coconut like sex on the beach is that like? <laughs> um a pina colada or a painkiller? No. Those smell so much better. This doesn't it doesn't smell that bad for me. I, I, it, oh. it smells like toasted coconut. Mm-hmm. It's the ploppy plops that are getting yeah. Through. It's the it's is it the consistency that the, the beer poured with it? I was hoping. So the, I had one of these last week. And uh, I was hoping that every can there's like tofu in there. (laughs) (laughs) I've eaten them. The the, the coconut cream, I promise. Oh, sure. (laughs) I really think. I I Uh, actually like this. I like the toasted coconut. I do. I I was just surprised. I haven't tasted it yet. No, I was just surprised by it. That's why I sort of, and it was very funny to me. The, the the head is also really weird. It looks, it's, do you ever have an ice, uh, ice cream float where you put ice cream in soda? Yeah, it, this is how the head gets on it. It's super weird. It's frothy. Vomited in my claw. This <laughs> <laughs> is chunks. Yeah. If you go on our Discord, you can see a video of me pouring this beer, 
and it goes plop, 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 <laughs> plop. So if you want to see the ploppy beer get poured, go on our Discord and that scroll is, back to last weekend. That's funny because that's not untrue, the the, the vomit thing. And, 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 and that one, that, that'd be a great pull quote for this beer, even if you like it. <laughs> On the flavor, it has compared to these last couple of beers, it has a nice light tanginess to it. The 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 key lime and the lactic go together really well, so it doesn't taste like a quick sour so much. It tastes more just like a a tangy cocktail. Or this something. is a cocktail beer. Mm-hmm. This is clearly cocktail beer here. I didn't want to talk for a second because I got it a little bit down. You got a pipe, chunk and I didn't want to <laughs> cough. Like because that would have made it look like I was disgusted by it, but it's not. <laughs> I actually really enjoyed it, but it went right down the wrong pipe. <laughs> I'm still scared. Take a sip. <sighs> you can do it. It tastes like a coconut lime cocktail. Like it really <sighs> does. Um, it's actually pretty good. I got a chunk. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's just <laughs> just coconut. It, it's just coconut. I'm not supposed to get chunks in my beer. <laughs> well, now you are. <laughs> now you're a chunky beer girl. No, well, I am, but. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, there's a chunk here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I wonder if they knew it was going to be chunky. If they, I don't think they did. I no, think it was just an act. I suspect so not. Because, I mean, looking at, at the pictures that are clearly um, mm-hmm. in, in the in situ at the bar. It okay. does not look like that, but it tastes good. It does. Yeah, you should like it with how much I you like really painkillers and things. As long as the chucks. Do you have oh, a, like a, a stir? Because I think this could Can this you grab could it? Use, I'm kind of trapped in here. This could use a stir. I don't think it would. Like I think getting this a little bit homogenous would help mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it. Um, I just noticed this kind of the sour from the the souring of the beer and the lime. Drinking this as a cocktail, it it replaces pineapple juice mm-hmm. in a coconut cocktail. So it's even closer to like what I think of as a painkiller, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Great bar stew, bar spoon, perfect. Want some more chunks? Give me some more chunks. More chunkage. Give me more damn chunks. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Sorry, sir. Thank you, ma'am. That is. Mm. Even better. Is because it? It, 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 it distributes the, the coconut even more, gives it um, a viscosity. You obviously are losing a bit of carbonation by stirring it, mm-hmm. but... You're gaining, I think, uh, a more complete experience. Yeah, for sure. I was debating mm-hmm. whether to kind of like mm-hmm. gently agitate this beer for the last hour while we were doing this show or to <laughs> surprise you with chunks. And I'm glad I surprised you with the yeah. chunks. Yeah, so if you get this beer, stir it. Yeah. And Woven Water is a fantastic brewery, mm-hmm. by the way, in my hometown. It's so interesting and so, so good. The sour hits just right to me. It, 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 it is it like the, it feeds right into that lime juice, citric acid, mm-hmm. like the lactic and the citric are just are so harmonious, harmonious. And like I said, it really comes across like pineapple juice would come across in a cocktail. And then the coconut adds a, a great amount of sweetness without going over sweet. Uh, 
viscous the viscosity it brings it's really good uh it stays sour without being over sour but also without being under sour like there's so much to mm-hmm. say about how well this is done best chunky beer we've ever I had i mean i'm really a fan of this it is surprisingly good yeah, i wish i had more of that we do have more than that <laughs> like i wish i had like Oh, a lot more. A lot more. Mm-hmm. This would. This beer will impress people. As long as you like, you know, g- give them the right context for it. Yeah. This is the brewery. I find last week we had the beer called prismatic or chromatic. One of the two. Uh, and it was fine in the flight, but the brewery itself is tops. It's one of the best breweries in Tampa. So mm-hmm. Interesting thing is this is the kind of beer that 10 years ago. The beer community would have gone up, been up in arms about somebody doing this. So when you say ten years ago, it might actually be a little more than ten years because we've been out of the game for a Maybe. while, right? Um, I I don't know because in the era you're thinking, someone trying to do this, it's not going to be good. It's going to be a gimmick. Sure. So like, if someone sure. could actually pull off good, because we learned so much more about how to, yeah. Beer. If, if someone could actually pull off good in yeah. that era, I don't know. If, I don't know. It, that's an interesting point. I mean, like I, but I remember there was a time when you and I were both on this phase very early. But like we, no, we don't want any flavoring. We just want, you know, as pure as you can mm-hmm. get. Yeah, uh, we don't want to. No oranges in our mm-hmm. whip beer. Right. No yeah. syrup in our Berliner Weiss. The kind of thing that that now I look back and I think that attitude is so wrong, but I think it was neat. You, you kind of need to go through that period because you need to, you need to sort of understand what confining does and, and how that helps and then break out of it and understand how much, how, how actually there's so much more mm. if you let these things in. I'm not saying you have to go through that period. I'm just saying that in, in some ways I think it's kind of inevitable. There, there's, it's a little gatekeeping thing that, that happens in almost any community. So you know we have you, that hitchhiker key lime downstairs too. Okay. I don't think we want to double no. up the key limes. I don't think it will compete with this one. There's no comparison now. Can this you give me a rinse? And, and to that's me, amazing. what's awesome is I'm left with this cool head that's coconut. <laughs> coconut <laughs> and it tastes great. <laughs> it's like a little coconut fluff dessert. When I'm done with the mm-hmm. with the beautiful little cocktail. Here, you want the bar spoon? Just wonderful. Yes, I do. It's mm. almost like a meringue. It is. <laughs> so tasty. <laughs> I am I am stunned. I, I figured the poppy plop would just set us up for shitting all over this beer. Uh so, it only made me more interested. And you're delighted. It's so funny. It, it is not what I expected. <laughs> it, it, I didn't expect this either. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have encouraged you to drink it if I didn't find it delicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And man, that is, it's, that's a special beer. All right. Uh, what is probably our last beer of the night? At no least promises. On, 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 the, on the main show. Is a barley wine. A rye whiskey barrel aged barley wine 
from Armor Artist Brewing. Going all over the the map here in terms of styles. What's what's it called? It is Armor A M O R Uh Armor Art Artist A R T I S. They're in South Carolina, right near Charlotte. They're on the same street as Puckerbutt Pepper Company. What's the beer called? This is barley wine. It's called barley wine. Yeah. Uh, 2021 small batch rye whiskey barrel aged. Okay, a more artist. I wonder what a more artist means. It means love something. They are right down the street from Pucker Butt Pepper Company. So Shannon and I were coming back from Florida one year. We left at 11 p.m. from Brooksville, so we could get there during the hours where Pucker Butt was open. They should have known the love of craft artists. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, we tasted like every hot sauce at Pucker Butt and bought a ton. And they gave us a ton that was about to go out of code. And then we went back the next day and bought more. It wasn't the next day. It was after we went to the brewery. Oh, was it the same day? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We went to this brewery and had a hell of a time at this brewery. I do actually want to try some of those hot sauces again. Not I want to like give a taste of the the last dab and some of the other ones. Like just a brief Mm -hmm. little little thing we don't have to do it on the show okay um doing the post show yeah no i have uh 27 different hot sauces right now so yeah i want to give that a shot but speaking of parker but so i want to mention about this barley wine is that uh it's aged for 11 months in katotin cry whiskey barrel Katotin creek rye whiskey barrels okay not familiar with that one the beer pours sounds like it too is everyone's as clear as mine? Like crystal clear? Pretty yeah, much. It's a little, mine's a li- it has a slight more haze to it. Okay. Right? A little, a little darker. So there's Pretty a bit clear. of bottle stratification, but not much. Oh. Hopefully, Roma. we should say, you guys aren't hearing all the noises because we're running this through this like uh, AI it's, filter. It's AI audio processing. Uh, so John Rubio from the Beerists turned me onto it. Right after we came back, he listened to the show. He's like, "Dude, you got to try Afon A U Phonic Alphonic Alphonic. Yeah, it's a British company. Uh, when you buy it, you get two hours a month for free. When you go to the paid plan, you got to pay in pounds. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but last week's sh- or the last couple shows, the main like the main show was run through a phonic and the post show wasn't it was just doing the the cheap little tricks i can do in audacity and you'll hear the total difference it does leveling so shannon's levels are on par with all of ours now where if you listen to the first couple shows back she her levels were way lower and um it filters out all of cooper doing cooper things right it yeah, feel- so sorry if you all really enjoyed hearing, <laughs> hearing Cooper, Cooper's pitter patter. I don't even know if that will if that will come through. Me doing me trying to imitate Cooper. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, so glass clinks and stuff like that. Uh, the people who love the mouth noises, um, sorry, everyone who stopped listening fifteen years ago because of the mouth noises. I should email them and let them know right. that we're taking out the mouth noises now. Um, <laughs> Hey, by the way, <laughs> I know you stopped listening back in 2006 because you hated our mouth noises. Well, now we have AI, so come back. Maybe you're in a different area of your life now. You're not really interested in listening to a beer podcast, but hey, <laughs> just in case. 
You mentioned today that you read the new intro, the bio, or the, yes, the intro. Yes, and I really liked it. On the, on the uh, craftyradio.com webpage. Yeah, I rewrote it when we rebooted the show, and it was with a little help from Bing Chat. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the AI but, gave a little bit of so, a... little bit of a... I'm not going to read it here. You can go to craftyradio.com and read it. It's worth it. It's, it's, it'll make you chuckle, probably. Mm-hmm. Maybe chuckle. Okay, the aroma on this guy, it's... The rye whiskey, that barrel tannins, it's it's huge on the aroma. It's really yeah. killing the malt. It uh, doesn't. I'm not excited. Like the aroma is kind of like boozy. It's 11.7 percent, so it's it's it is boozy, but it smells even boozier. Yeah. So I had their barley wine when we were there. It was delicious, and I don't think they had the regular barley wine in bottles, or I'm like, I'm going to fly close to the sun and get the rye barrel one. But, oh, you like? I really I love, love the caramel this. at the end of this. Yeah. There's there's a nice, like, the first bit is very barley wine and whiskey, but then the, it ends on this real caramel note. And a little bit of woodiness too, but this I'm nice. I'm going to have to swirl the bottle a little of, bit, um, and I'm going to add a little more to mine. Mine was the first pour, and mine is so sharp with wood tannins. Well, here, let, let's, uh, let, let's, Let's do the the thing. The little mixy mix? Yeah. Let's do a three-way mixy mix. Ooh. Menage a trois. <laughs> Crafty Raider. We have a title. Crafty Raider does a three-way. Let's see. <laughs> All right. All right. So, yeah, my first sip was, there was a little bit of caramel in there, but really the knife that was barrel tannins and rye was gross. So, hopefully, now that I... And blend it a little bit. I'm actually getting more tannins now. Um, it's so definitely, da- it has a lot of tannins, yeah. but. Yeah, it, mine's better. I have more of a beer flavor. Or before it was more like turpentine. Yeah, a lot of lacing. I, I mean, I can I can get those elements because mm-hmm. there was definitely a lot of stratification. So mm-hmm. there's more of that. Here, let's. A little bit of chemically thing. I mean, it's our last beer. Let's just. Use the whole bottle. Get all the strata. Let's get all the strata in our glass. All right. I'm going to go slow on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, 11.7%. It's um. It's going to make for a great post show. Oh, yeah. Exciting <laughs> times. There's lots to talk about. So, so uh, Fort Mill, South Carolina is where this is. Uh, mm-hmm. It's this little main street with this brewery on one end of the main street and the pepper company at the other end of the main street. And, and then, wasn't there another brewery right across from this one? No, a, there was a restaurant or something. Oh, there was a barbecue oh, place right yes, next door. The barbecue place. Yeah, there was a barbecue place right next door to this, and then this place, and then the Pepper Company. Um, and it's just on the other side of the state line from Charlotte. So, but. if anything, I hate to say this, but we should have poured your bit out as the angel share, mm. because I think I made everyone's worse a little bit. You know, it you know, it, it, it happens. But I think that it, it was it was better before that, and now there's a little bit of just a little bit of turpentine in here. Oh yeah, mm. no, you're right. So, I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, we. How dare you? I know. How dare you? It's the kind of thing you only get in hindsight. Is like, yes. oh, we should have thrown your part mm-hmm. out. Yeah, <laughs> that it was so much worse than everything else. I mean, it, it t- typically mixing it makes it better. So we we were on the right track. Mm-hmm. A failed three way. <laughs> I 
I imagine they happen more often than you might think. It's <laughs> just not happen. really advertised. They happen all the time. <laughs> a failed three-way is probably an even better show title. Oh, one thing I want to mention real quick is uh, a lot of our listeners may have listened to The Beer Report with Groucho and Chud. Okay. You remember The Beer Report? I do, yeah. Okay. So Eric is uh, Groucho. And uh, a year ago... I thought his, his real name was Groucho. No, but a year ago, his daughter was diagnosed with brain cancer. That's terrible. Yeah. And she just passed this past week. So if you uh, remember those guys and haven't thought about them in a while, uh, just letting you know. And uh, it's... If, if you feel like you want to donate something to us, donate to that. Donate to... If they have a, if they have they, a, um, they're, a memorial for, there's for a um, scholarship fund that they're putting together. Yeah. Um, we can put it on the discord. I'll put it on the discord. Yeah. Instead of putting it out in the podcast, I'll, uh, Eric has a blog where you can, he's been very public with the fight for the past year. And, um, and they're working on setting up a scholarship fund. I don't, I haven't seen the actual details yet, but they would be forthcoming. Uh, but yeah, so I figured there's a lot of crossover, and mm-hmm. uh, it's been a really hard year for uh, Eric and his family. So, well, now that we're done bumming everybody out, let's talk about what we had. So, we had Smorgasbord of Styles here. It started with this big smoky thing, uh, moved on to Three Floyds, a classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, then. The barrel-aged golden sour thing. The thingy. golden sour, then, then was it the Yeah, it was the marshmallows, and then the red sour. We really mixed and it up. then the clumpy clumper. Right. And then the, the turpentiny barley wine. All right, well, I mean, do you want to save our rankings for the post-show again? Nah, we can rank. Okay. It is, it's our gimmick, right? Um, I'll go first. Okay. All right. So my favorite beer tonight was the cocktail one, the Killing Time. Not building suspense. Why the hell aren't you building suspense? I'm going backwards, baby. We've no sound effects tonight. That's true. I didn't. I didn't even think about it. Hmm. Um. Jeff is now playing with his. There he is. Um. Okay. So, in so right after that. I actually, I don't know. To me, this was by far my favorite of the night, the killing time. Like th- that mm. was the beer that it it was not just delicious. It also gave me joy. J- just everything about it was joyful. From the plops to the, <laughs> from, <laughs> from the plops to spooting out the foam. The, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so great. So different. So just fantastic. Okay. Yay, where am I going next? Um, I'm going to go with the burial next. I think that in terms of deliciousness, the burial was really high on that list. Not, not a Flanders, not a, not a, a Lambic, mm-hmm. something more like a just uh, traditional sour, if you will, but very tasty. It's definitely a crossover a bunch of different things. Like a, all the different souring techniques are all playing in there. I'm going to go with the three Floyds next. I think that that kind of surprised me by just how how much I kind of enjoyed it. 
Yeah, no, I'm. This is this is my is my time. I get to do it. No, I was <laughs> oh, wondering oh, pointing, which oh. one was which. Yeah, yeah, the three Floyds. Yeah, um, okay. the the IPA. I I, I mm-hmm. was surprised how much I enjoyed it because I don't remember enjoying Zombie Dust that much, but uh, apparently I like it a lot. So something to note. E- I'm going to go with the Farm Boy next. Very complex. I loved how interesting it was. Just wasn't the most delicious thing in the world to me. Had some things that were. I still love to sit down with the beer and mm-hmm. yeah, taste it, but it's just not like I'm. I'm. This is my rank, so I get to do it my way. Yeah. Shut up. Uh. Okay. I would go with if this. It, the first taste of this barley wine was really high <laughs> before for me, Jeff ruined it. But now it's it's, it's really low for me. Uh, I think that I, I think I'm going to go with the Rosinski as smoky and as it was. It didn't kind of gross me out like these two are. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last two, so the the hot farm smoky one. Then I guess I'll go with the barley wine and then the purifying flame. I really didn't like it at all. Do you want to go, or would you like me to go next? Um, you can go next, and then I need to. Would you like the spoon to point? Because <laughs> yes, I'll point with the It's very useful. All right, I will start from the bottom, and that's going to be the purifying flame. That was a drain pour. Uh, oh, there's still more in that can for us to pour out. That'll be fun. Um, that that chocolate was okay at first, and then really quick, it tasted fakey, and it was just the fakey just like grew and grew and grew. It was just awful. Um, then second to last, I think I'm going to put this barley one from a more artiste. Um, it's just that rye wood barrel turpentine thing. Just yeah, there's good over, stuff there. Over but it's the overshadowed. Then letting it sit also makes something that go away, but not entirely. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to take the Grotsky. This is where we're, in beers I just generally liked. Like I would drink more of that mm-hmm. easy peasy, um, especially if you had some sausage. Especially. Yeah, we're just not thinking about it. Um, the body and the smoke thing was nice. Works. Um, then I think it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. Because because the zombie dust was so good, I'm debating whether the burial was under it or not. Um I can't. It just can't. I can't make that stretch. So next is Zombie Dust. Loved it. I thought it was super chill with the big bready malts and the kind of sweet citrusy hops. Rooted in March, so not particularly old. Not mm-hmm. super young, but not particularly old either. So, yeah. It, it still had a great balance mm-hmm. to it. Um, if it was hoppier, I might not like it as much. Yeah. I thought the balance was dead on. Then the burial... Um, it had that jammy aroma and those big brambleberry type flavors that I loved. The, the souring was a little schizophrenic coming from like three different locations. And like there wasn't very much barn farmhouse kind of thing. Um, if they could have elevated some more farmhousey barney things, I probably would have liked it better. Then we're down to the top two. Oh man, I go with what your heart says. I'm gonna pick the Woven Water in second place. Delicious cocktail beer, very drinkable, too drinkable, 
crushable, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, just it it reminds me of painkillers, and it's so good. Uh, but I really, really dialed into the complexity of that farm boy. It gave me things to look at around every corner. It I was walking through an old rustic barn with saddles hanging on the walls and creaky floorboards and some straw. And it just painted the picture that I wanted it to paint. It was delicious. Okay. Wow. All right. So... Give her, the, give her the spoon. Yeah, you have the spoon. I can't it, even. You can't do it without a spoon anymore. It's and, a new rule. And I have to turn these cans around so that I can see. Yeah. It's, we used to do that all the time. It's, we it's used to point, uh, actually the move them around so we could keep track when we're or mild inebriation would make it hard to keep track of things. Wow. All right. So. Oh, should I start with my favorite or my least favorite? Well, that's up to you. I started, you we, we, did, we did it differently, right? I started with number one. He started with his last favorite. So it's up yeah. And who do you suspense. respect more? Whoever you and mimic the, is who you respect don't more. Don't do that to me. <laughs> um, least favorite first. I'm going to have to go with this uh, purifying flame. Mm-hmm. Um, drain pour usually is going to be our least a drain favorite. Pour. I know I said I liked it. Yeah. I know I said I liked it at the beginning. <laughs> now it just reminds me of what a sound effects will make it. What's that? What if those sound effects will make it through the probably? Oh, oh I, I don't know. So. We'll see. <laughs> but this it actually reminds me of one of those candle tarts. Candle tarts? Yeah, candle but tarts? The, it, well, it smells like it yeah, smell it's like. the it wax, like a, the candle wax that you like put a weird, like, in, kind of fart that oh, you get. In, in, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got a candle to, tart. So make the house smell like chocolate. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what it tastes like. Oh, I see what you're saying. It smells like a chocolate aromatic. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Yes. Or a car, to- car air freshener, like a chocolate. Well, what if the something? Yeah. Yeah. Candles. All right, so that's my least favorite. Next would have to be Tang. Um, I don't like that. This is tough. Okay, I'm sorry, guys, but I'm going to have to say this zombie dust is... How dare you? There's no no wrong answers. There's just wrong people. (laughs) 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 Um... Then I'm going to have to go with the armor artists, the, the barley wine. And yeah, pretty consistent so far. I mean, like putting three feeds in, but the low parts, pretty consistent. Yeah. The, um, whew, this is really tough now, getting closer to the beginning. I know my favorite, which is surprising. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to. Say. Foreshadowing. It's part of why I think it's, it's it's my favorite too. Is how surprising it was. Next would be this. Oh no, I'm gonna have to go with what is this? The hot the Musa. Musa. Um, I like the smoke featured on uh Rauch beer of the week. Beer of the week, or this week in Rauch beer. Yeah, I like the smoky, but it's just a little more than I I. I want and then um farm boy that's gonna have to that's my yeah third from the top 
And then we're going to have to go with burial. <laughs> is it number two? Fall of the Damned. Yeah. And surprisingly, this woven water killing time, chunky mm. beer chunky is my number one. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what oh. a relief it is. Yay. All right. Well, that's, uh, oops. I, I, I let this play. And so we're on a completely different Casey and the Sunshine song. So I'm going to switch back and Oop. go back. And now we should be better. Hey, back to Boogie Shoes. All right, guys. Thanks for listening again. Thanks for everything. And, and if you want more, we're going to do a post show. So mm-hmm. go over to craftbeerradio.com and subscribe to that XML for the post show feed. You can, or it's probably an Apple podcast. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, don't forget our Discord. Oh, join yeah. Join the Discord. There'll be a link on Craft Beer Radio about join our Discord. And there'll be an invite link. You can bloop, pop in there and you can just troll us all you want. Yeah. I mean, and I'll turn my notifications back on. Like, like we're going to modify. We're, we're going to uh, we're going to moderate the shit out of this. So, go ahead and try to troll. Just try. You'll be surprised at how quickly you'll be kicked off Discord. Because <laughs> look, uh, all right, we'll talk about this in the post show. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs>